Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome to the season finale of the Meet the Mancunian podcast season three. I'm Deepa Thomas Sutcliffe, host of the Meet the Mancunian podcast, which introduces listeners to inspirational Mancunians, making a difference in the local community. Whether they run a charity or a social enterprise, volunteer or coach others, host a community or go it alone, all my guests have fascinating stories to tell. Sit back, relax and listen in to Season 3 of the Meet the Mancunian. Tune into your favourite podcasting platform every Tuesday. Passionate about men's mental health? We hear from Mike Richard, founder, talk about it made in this episode. I'm delighted to introduce my guest, Mike Richard, founder, Talk About It Made. Thank you so much, Mike, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It's great to hear about everything you're doing. So looking forward to that. How did you find your passion for men's mental health first? Oh, it's a good question. Um, I think I went through a lot in my own life, my own experiences um, with mental health from the age of about 18. Um, Probably started before that, as usually things do, but... You know, it was something I carried with me for a good 12 years without really talking about it. Uh, and I think once things came to a head, I realised that I had to do it differently. Um, and then, I, yeah, then I found it was coinciding with a lot that about men's mental health in the media and stuff like that. And I, I just thought, oh, I've got a perspective on this, but I have to kind of do it my way. And then it seemed to be a way that linked me up with lots of other people. So that's where the passion comes from, I think. Thanks so much. It's always great when it's your personal life experiences that are uh, coming forward into what you're doing for social impact. Yeah. Uh, so then you started Talk About It, Mate, and tell us about how that started and what it's all focused on. Yeah, well, having had some problems uh, with my mental health, I was kind of getting back on my feet and um, I was about to move to Manchester from London. Uh, I'm originally from Manchester and then I thought I was looking for something, something to connect because that's what it's all about, to connect with other people. Not necessarily other guys to begin with, just other people uh, who've been through similar things, you know, whether they've had problems with anxiety or whatever. And I, I, you can find certain things out there and you go onto certain websites and apps like Meetup, for example. And it, it, I just didn't find the right thing for me. Uh, so before I moved back, I thought I'm, I'm going to trial out setting up some of my own meetings really you know like kind of really accessible and like down to earth and like where anyone can just show up and you don't have to be super cool or super good looking or super good at something you know it was like just really for regular people so um yeah then we it, it seemed to get quite popular quite quickly and then it became like a coffee shop thing and then it became like a bowling thing you know like 
and it more social and then about 2020 but before the pandemic i was like right i'm gonna go all systems go here for real you know more not formal but more structured meetings around peer support so that's where we became like a a peer support organization which is people helping people but making it very accessible so yeah it kind of spiraled because I couldn't find what I was looking for so I thought I'll make it myself. That's really interesting and you said you started in 2020 just before the pandemic which must have added some complications if you were meeting in coffee shops and doing peer meetups what were the challenges that you perhaps faced on that journey? Yeah well it was a complete like step up in the organization so we started a few years earlier just kind of more it was more of a pet project it was still had a name it still but then we registered it like as a social enterprise in 2019 and then all stepping up for 2020 to go with these men's meetings because you know there wasn't enough out there and people were telling me you could help fill that fill that gap so yeah it was obviously a lot of trepidation about doing it that way hmm. we, we, we were planning on launching staggered in three locations so we've done a lot of legwork there uh, and then we did one in uh, Levenshoom and then the pandemic, we go into that first lockdown. So it was like, for me, because I'd worked six months to get these things going, you know, get not even as funded, kind of just doing it off volunteers and other stuff as well with, my, with me running them. And then overnight, it was a big spiral. And then it was like, right, how do we respond to this need? And in a way, as much as it was a difficult two or three weeks, it kind of, helped us grow the organization massively because it was how do you respond to that need of the amount of people who are lonely and isolated has been increased massively overnight and uh, we then just you know zoom meetings book clubs um social events on zoom we, you know, we, were hundred, we were churning out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and building up this community and uh you know now we're going back to obviously more community face-to-face work but um yeah it, it was such a challenge like you know there were tears in there from me I'm not gonna lie but there were also just huge highs and I've met some wonderful people so I can't I wouldn't change it really. That's really interesting because obviously it forced you to go online and now you're going back to uh, in person but do you do you retain an online element in any way to keep it more accessible to people maybe who can't come to your physical location? At the moment, that's kind of fizzled out just because of like, the work depends a lot on volunteers and like, you know, because people's working patterns have changed and some people have gone back to work. um, It kind of the interest in that. I think in many ways it's easier to get more people online because there are less barriers because you just click and come. But I think my ethos was always from the very beginning the kind of power of physical connection but we also uh, we, we do occasionally do stuff you know like keep in touch with volunteers I do one-on-ones I see clients privately online um, so it's good to have that but I think that especially in the communities where I work like Salford and some places in East Manchester there are people who are you could say digitally excluded and they're sometimes the people who who really really need that connection so if we're getting referrals and funded projects I kind of there's been a shift in our how like the, how effective we are I think we can do more I know I can when I'm in the room with people but I also refer loads of people onto online meetings because I just think there's always going to be a need for that that's really interesting have people's attitudes in any way changed to ment- mental health? Has it more, like you referenced media articles, um, clearly during the pandemic there was a lot more awareness of mental health in general. Um, do, you, 
Do you see any changes in that since you've started getting associated in the area, you know, both informally and more formally? I mean, it's it's a hot topic. It's one of the biggest topics of our age. And yeah, it's a, it's it's obviously engaging men, which is the issue. So uh, it'll be a lot of like hashtags. It's OK not to be OK. And then when you have celebrities putting their voice to it, you know, or been through stuff like Tyson Fury, for example, will really engage like a lot of the people who like boxing and working classes and stuff like that. Um, so but a lot of people are lending their voice to this thing. I think that there's still a barrier in from from the raising awareness to actually getting people to, you know, it's all well and good saying let's talk, but where do they go to talk and like kind of what what's it like? So you, there's still a kind of, we get referrals from, pe- from people who've been to the doctors and people who come through the connectors in our local areas, but there's a lot of men who, who could do with it but aren't still not at that stage where they feel comfortable enough to talk. And, and there's, yeah, there's still a lot of things that prevent people from doing that. So it's on the agenda, it's on the table, but I feel that there's more work to be done. I think, I think some people think it's kind of, because it's in the media, it's being solved and, and you just have to look at the suicide rates and the, you know, look what's going to happen this winter. Like, you know, I don't need to really tell you, do yeah. it, but like with the cost of living and all that, there's going to be people who are seriously, seriously struggling. And as always, it's the people who have the least that are going to suffer the most. Um, and your idea of men's mental health, yeah, for sports people or people who, who've got quite a lot in their lives, but there's also people who you'll never see on social media. You'll never see them because they're so cut off and isolated. So I think there's no one way yeah. of being a man. And this is the, we need lots of organisations in lots of areas to meet these men in different ways. That's really interesting. Do you in any way work with other men's mental health organisations for referrals or in any other ways to collaborate? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the first thing, just knowing what's out there, really, because signposting is three quarters of the job half the time. Um, so if, you know, if you've got a guy who um, is working, for example, and wants an evening group, because uh, we do a lot of stuff in the daytime for people who are out of work or for other reasons, but... Um, then if they're like a, if they're gen, generalised if they're a sports fan for example or rugby then then Andy's Man Club would be a great place to send them they're like the biggest organisation in the UK they have all their meetings on a Monday night all over the UK like lots around rugby clubs and sports stadiums and stuff like that they're really easy to find and they're really visible on social media because they've got hundreds of volunteers and staff so like that's one option for get for men and in Greater Manchester you've got other organisations that are not the same as Andy's Man Club, but offer a similar kind of thing in the evenings. And we used to do things like that, but I think we kind of catered for a different demographic. But I think ultimately is just where do the where does the person live, and like what can they realistically get to? Because one of the barriers of anything is that you have to travel really far. The chances of like you know going or accessing the service are lower, and so a lot of men who who aren't really into doing things online, like. You know, you know, you might see the blokey bloke or whatever. So getting them down to somewhere that's really close to where they live might be one way of, of getting them in. But yeah, we I'm aware of who the the ones that I've got a lot of professional links in with or or like I think I would vouch for that service. I'm aware of that. But I think with peer support you need to find the right thing because they might not need a mental health group, they might need a to play board games in a room, you know, they might need to go running in a running club. Like, and now these things are adding in an element of mental health to themselves too. Um, so as long as there's lots of things going on, the more choice, the better, I think. 
That's I, I like that very much. So it isn't always about just getting the support, but maybe you just want company to do activities that are, you're passionate about. It's really nice. Oh, what can you tell us about the impact that you've made um, through Talk About It Made? Well, this is always a hard one because this. When I look at like organisations like ours of a similar size or bigger, I always think they're much better at capturing what they do because I just love doing. And then, like when you're a one man band for a lot of the time, it's hard to capture it. But I would say certainly reduced loneliness and isolation. Like we've been measuring that, and then like just by attending the group for six or seven weeks, that massively impacts their feelings of loneliness and isolation, which I think are the gateway to a lot of other things, including mental health problems. Um, so, you know, we could we, by measuring things with our feedback forms, we have shown a kind of steady rise in well-being scores across the time. So if a man comes to us for three months and, and he, his average score is, say, four out of ten at the beginning, he comes out normally over six, seven, eight out of ten at the end. And, and this is how we can measure that within a two-hour period, a four-week period, a 12-week period. And... It, I mean, measurements and evidence are really important. It does take a bit of the love out of it for me because I'm not that kind of person. However, to show the impact of what we're doing is like this is this is what we've achieved, and there just lots of things get people coming back again and people engaging. If then somebody was able to engage with another service in that area, so if you're coming for a mental health or a talking service, would they then engage with a gardening group or would they engage with a over 50s fitness group or a walking football group? So it's that kind of cross cross work in the community that really matters because the impact socially as a social entrepreneur is to say, John is not going to the doctors for the symptoms of his mental health. That's worth £30,000 for Salford, mm. for example, where I live. If you can multiply that on a scale, and you know, this is, I don't like using people as statistics, but ultimately, if somebody's not... Like, the, the big the big problem at the moment, or the big talking point, is around medication. So if somebody goes to the doctors with mild anxiety and depression, for example, millions of people out there like, like that, that. There's no, no shame in that. It, it's it that we just put somebody on an antidepressant, antidepressant and send them out of the door because obviously there's, there's side effects or do we couple that with a regular kind of thing in the community, prescribe them a walking group, prescribe them a garden centre or something like that because that's the way it's going. Do they actually need the antidepressant? Like, I don't know, I, I, I don't think, I think people can do whatever they want really in that sense. I'm not saying you shouldn't, not one way or another, but I think... The impact is that they've they're in the system. They're not they're not isolated anymore because they've they've got people who are checking up on them, and then they can develop. Well, I say if I'm going, I can develop my own self care and coping strategies alongside a group of other people who are doing that too. And I think that's incredibly powerful. And I just don't think it always gets the attention that it deserves because um, this is happening day in day out in across Greater Manchester in our communities and our boroughs. And I wanted to, sorry, just come in here and to say that I don't always expect impact to be numbers or people. It can be yeah. maybe an anecdote about one person whose life you impacted. So, you know, I, I leave it to my guests to decide how they want to define impact. But obviously, uh, you know, what you've said is also really valid as well. So... Uh, it's it's up to you. <laughs> it's not to put anybody on the spot. It's just sometimes when you've got listeners from around the world, I think it's really helpful if they know yeah. 
you know, so here's this cause, but then this is what the cause is uh, achieving. Yeah. And I really like what you're saying that it's not just about a person's, you know, it's all their overall well-being and their overall integration with the community. If they were feeling previously isolated, now they're more integrated. So it's really, really good. Thank you for that sharing that. How can interested people reach out to you and learn more? You have a podcast, I know. And uh, if you want to talk about your website, social media. If you look up Talk About It Mate or at Talk About It Mate on social media, um, talkaboutitmate.co.uk. Um, and then yeah, the podcast is on, it's called Talk About It Mate and that's on Spotify, Anchor, all of the, the providers. And we started that really early on. I started that just on my phone, like going interviewing people who I'd met through the coffee shop meetings. Uh, in just like meeting them and having little one-on-one chats and what I liked about it is just uh, there was no expectation you know you know it wasn't like have lots of, even if lots not a lot of people listened it was that real people having real conversations and I stick to that to this day four years on in that I'm really not interested when I see celebrities on television talking about mental health because like you know usually they've got a book coming out or something and like I, I think it's they're very, they're living very different lives I'm not saying that they can't but they can access help and support beyond what your average person on the street can do. And I think that that really does clearly need pointing out. And I think we almost presume that it's a level playing field and it's not. So that was what we did first of all. And then the second one, which was kind of when we went into those first couple of lockdowns, we did over Zoom was kind of other organisations, a bit like what you're doing now, the unsung heroes of the community, what they're doing. And, and that's how I, I you know, developed a lot of good connections there. And then, the next one we did myself and John, one of the guys who come into the community. Uh, John's great, used to be an actor, really confident, and he gave me a real lift. And so what we did was we kind of did what we do in the sessions, our actual peer support structure on the podcast, just the two of us each week. What's your topic? Oh, this week it's stress. This week it's loneliness. And like what we're trying to say, we've talked about it, mate, is anybody could come to talk about it, mate. You know, because you know, we do other stuff that's mixed and we have walking groups and stuff like that. And anyone can access it because everyone's felt worry. Everyone's felt stress. It's not you have a big green tick next to your name because you've got a mental illness. It's everybody's got mental health and peer support is everyone sharing their experience. And then as that happens in a circle or whatever, it's it's a domino effect because you, you might say something that really strikes a chord with me. Then it, it, this, this is what originally we were like as a society, I think. We were sat around, weren't we? We were talking, yeah. we were sparking them connections and the community would help people through difficult times. That's not like rescuing or jumping in. It's it's giving perspectives. And because we've become so isolated and, and you know, it's harder to connect in certain ways, it's really powerful to do peer support because it's, it's also very natural. So we've captured that in the podcast. We do want to bring it back. Because the podcast is such a small part of what we do. And I feel it, it deserves to be more because we can reach so many more people and, and expose them to what we do. But, yeah, we're hoping to kind of feature some similar, like something around the different areas that we work in to really get the fabric of, like, Salford. We want to feature what is it like to be somebody from Salford and how they can get support. And, and that seems to be our main focus at the moment, but also, like, We've done a lot in East Manchester and around Gorton and Levendume. So like maybe capturing that. And then some of the people that make it tick, you know, that make make the groups tick. So watch this space. But uh, 
I'm hoping to get a guy on that and we can have something before the end of the year. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Definitely look out for uh, talk about it, mate. Podcast uh, and the next season that'll be interesting. What advice would you have for people looking to start something similar in another part of the world? We do now have listeners from almost forty countries, and uh, you know I'm sure mental health overall is a concern for anybody. So, what advice you ha- do you have? First of all, hello to all of the listeners from those forty countries. That's brilliant. Um, I would say you're good enough to do it right now. So if you're listening, it don't be thinking I would be good enough if I have X, Y, and Z. And that's one of the reasons why people don't start something. You're more than good enough because you've got your power of your own experiences that you can channel into what you do. Um, just do it. I mean, I know that's stolen from like Nike or whatever, but just do it. Like, uh, like find a place that you think would be good to get a little table at a coffee shop eight chairs and say right on Sunday I'm going to be here who's signing up for this and no expectations kind of take it from there build, build it and they will come or if you've got a few people who are interested so there's four or five of you who've got a shared interest in talking about your mental health and well-being um, or I like to rebrand it feeling good and thriving there you go instead of saying mental health um, get them together and say right we're going to start this and then you'll be surprised a couple of people are walking off the street and then six months later you'll feel like you've known them forever <laughs> then you'll end up you know so i think think just do it or find a shared interest walking and talking is absolutely brilliant it's easy and it's free you know keep the costs out of it and and then should you wish to go into the social enterprise sphere there are people who support support out there but don't try and be a kind of poor Im- imitation of what's already out there. Be yourself and do it your way. And, you know, certainly in men's mental health, I am I think my approach is a little bit more, less men- manly than the others. Uh, but I think that I can potentially reach more people. Uh, and in general mental health, I think just we've got a good brand and a good image. And, and that will that's all come organically, you know. But, um, yeah, go for it. I really like that about doing it your way and don't don't try and to imitate and uh, thanks for the advice it's really great it's an opportunity for you to now talk about anything i haven't asked you about anything coming up in the next few months that you want to do a shout out just in general i think the work that's being done in salford at the moment where i live um so salford obviously is right next to manchester and you know it's but in many ways it's different and it's got a different edge to it and we're really tapping into these communities so where i live in walkton uh, our men's group has been really successful. As a result, some of our volunteers have set up a separate uh, kind of brew and chat thing. Nice. On a, on a Friday, we call it call it the Brew Crew because you know if you can Manchester, people are going to ask, "Do you want a brew?" And and of course, <laughs> keep it simple. You know, talk about your mate now offers a brew crew, and that's great for the people who who haven't got much and with winter coming up. So we're we're hoping to expand that into kind of a drop in where people have got a hot hot drinks, they have unlimited hot drinks, one pound donation, and maybe a breakfast or a lunch, because people with, with the winter food, uh, fuel and food, food poverty coming up are going to need that. So we're really proud that from one successful men's project, we've now got to have a, a second successful project on the back of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully that's going to be going. And, and I've got another men's project starting in Oddsall, near Salf- the famous Salford Lads Club. There's a nice venue behind there. Again, we're going to, before Christmas, be launching a second one. So for me, it's uh, get I'm getting the guys now to keep running these groups so I can launch them elsewhere, and we're going to really taking it on in Salford. And the last one is 
hopefully, maybe by the end of the year, is with something around grief and trauma and bereavement and loss because there's a lot of people out there who have been on caseloads wanting support, wanting groups, and there's, there's a real lack of resources in that area. Uh, so I'm working, I've, I'm a qualified counsellor now, and I'm working with a guy who's quite experienced in trauma to kind of set up some like six week information talking courses for people in the community because we're arming people with the skills that they need to manage these things on a day-to-day basis um so really proud of what we're being able to achieve and hopefully we're going to back that up with the funding and and like you said we're recording our evidence much better than we've ever done so you know there's a lot to come from talk about it mate um and, and we're doing it in our way. And like I said before, and I've, I've lost sleep over the last four or five years about this. Like, and we're doing it right and we're doing it right. But it's got to be, you know, it's got to hit you there. And then in, in the gut as well. And, and yeah, really, really backing ourselves at the moment because there's a lot to come from us. Sounds wonderful. And look forward to hearing all about it. Yeah. I'm now going to move to our signature okay. questions that I ask all my guests. And the first one is, you said you moved here from uh, London back to Manchester. So what's, what do you love the most about Manchester? I think there's a lot of choice out there. Uh, it's, it's big, but it's not too big. Uh, you know, I've lived in London and like that was too big for me. Um, there is a spirit. There's a spirit uh, and there's a personality, uh, which, which I've always loved. I'm originally from Stockport and yeah, we're going into Manchester from when I was about 15 <laughs> trying to get served in pubs and things like that um but yeah the music scene obviously um yeah there is there's a spirit though there's a there's a there's a personality there's a kind of grit there as well um and if we we can manage good mental health while still keeping those things as well i think we're the best city in the uk but there's a lot there's a lot of moving parts but i do i do um i'm glad that i've come back to settle you know in greater manchester and salford and and hopefully I'll be here for a lot longer, yeah. Thank you. And where's your favourite place in Manchester and Greater Manchester's just fine? Oh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, oh, I mean, going out, going out in Manchester, I used to go to uh, a nightclub called Fifth Avenue, 42nd Street. Those were my favourite places, the best memories I've ever had. Um, but yeah, if I choose a little area, I love Wivington. Um, I used to live in Wivington. I launched a men's group there for a while. Um, just good memories. I think it's got that like, kind of nice. It's got a really nice feel to it. And um, Wivington would, was always one of my favourite places in Manchester. So yeah, yeah. All right. So you've got Fifth Avenue at, from your <laughs> memories, and you've got uh, Wivington. That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, what's the most important life lesson you've learned? Kind of like step out your comfort zone because you've got to make mistakes to learn, and like mistakes aren't like. They're not enders, you know. They're starters. Um, like, like I say this to say this to my volunteers and a lot of people out there in the social enterprise sector is that I, I'll have made more mistakes than you because I'll have taken more actions than you. Uh, and I was somebody who was so scared to take any actions, you know, until I was about thirty and had a mental breakdown and I had no choice but to start really taking life and grabbing onto it. But I think. The failing, it's, it's not failure if you, you get up, you learn from it and you don't do it again, you know. Um, it's not being reckless, it's just not everything's going to work out. Like I'm delivering loads of successful groups at the moment, for example. I don't talk about the six or seven groups that I started and no one came to and didn't work. 
but that's not the point because I learned from the, each of those things and like you know those, so we're still majority the stuff we do, do is successful and works but there's always going to be stuff that doesn't and you've got to be brave and courageous enough to try that uh, otherwise you won't get the the kind of rewards at the end if you can't run a group for one person then you don't deserve to run a group for 10 people in my opinion I like that very much that, you know, don't be afraid to make mistakes because that's how you learn. And that's the whole concept of life lessons. You don't repeat the same mistakes. You take that learning and you apply it elsewhere. And you also share it with people like on the podcast or through any any other forums so that other people can learn from what you've done as well. So thank you for sharing that. If someone wrote a book on your life, what would they title it? Uh, complicated <laughs> um, in, inside the mind you know have you ever seen that movie being John Malkovich no. they go in his head and it's like yeah I don't know I'm quite a complex person and um, like I quite come quite, quite cheerful and breezy on things like this because I'm talking about what I love Um I've overcome a lot of barriers but yeah complicated yeah but I think we're all complicated and and isn't the point of life to learn to understand ourselves I'm still doing that so okay. yeah I'll take that. It's a it's a nice title. Is there a funny story or a, something amusing that's happened to you, either at work or in Manchester, that you'd like to share with listeners? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you plan events out in the community or in public. So, for example, we did a an evening like an evening meetup group in like a Weatherspoons, for example, um, and like. I, a guy came in and I, so I've got a list of people signed up and I was like, oh, have you come? I'm, I'm like, I'm in session. You know, I say session, we just sit around and have a chat. Um, he's like, oh, right, he shook my hand. And then after like a minute, he was like, you're, you're not Stephen. And, and he looked really confused. And I was like, no, I'm for the group. He's like, oh, no, I've come for, for a date and you're not my date. So basically, he like shook my hand. We'll come to sit down. And then he was like... Um, yeah, you're not the guy I'm looking for. So it was like a huge rejection on two levels, really, that one. Um, but again, it just you can have a funny story from this kind of work. Um, if people, yeah, <laughs> you gotta you got to hold on to those things. <laughs> I know. You have to have them take the moments to laugh, don't you? So I'm at the end of the podcast. Are there, is there anything else that you want to talk about, Mike? Otherwise, we could say thank you to each other. I think that's it. I think just, you know, peak, peak to people keep reaching out to their communities. There are more people out there who have an understanding of the things that you struggle with than you think. Um, and once you find that thing that unites you to other people, uh, that's the start, that's the spark, uh, because there are more things that unite us and divide us, contrary to what the media and the world makes you believe. Um, so bring yourself together with people because that's where the real growth is. Love that. Thank you so much. It's a great note to stop the podcast. Mike, I really enjoyed learning about men's mental health today. Dear listener, thank you so much for listening to the 12th episode of the Meet the Mancunians podcast, season three. I know many of you are listening in from different parts of the world or across the UK. I hope this episode and the podcast itself motivates you to follow your dreams and passions, inspired by the amazing Mancunian guests who feature here. Tune in on Tuesday, 11th October 2022 to hear the season finale. The Meet the Mancunian podcast will then take a break until 22nd November 2022. In the meantime, I hope you can enjoy seasons 1, 2 and 3 of the podcast and meet my inspiring Mancunian guests. Please do consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving us a review 
on Apple Podcasts. I would also be grateful if you could share this podcast with a friend or a family member. Thank you so much. 